Thank you. Good evening, friends. So happy to be back out tonight here in the Shriner Auditorium for our fifth night of service in the name of our blessed Lord Jesus Christ, to whom be all praise and glory forever and ever, worlds without end. Last evening it was just a little difficult for me. Something happened that I very seldom have happened in a meeting of just getting ready to make the seeing the visions begin to break over the people, and as I started to move into the vision, something happened before me. We talked about it till after I got to myself good until one o'clock this morning nearly. I saw Adam leave the Garden of Eden willfully because he went out because he loved his wife. I seen Jesus come and go out willfully, taking the sinner's place because he loved the church. I just couldn't keep from expressing it. And we hear that the Lord did bless and fill with the Holy Spirit and save the lost. After all, that's the main thing that we're here for. Divine healing is wonderful. But divine healing is like the bait that's on the hook. You don't show the fish the hook, you show him the bait. He gets the bait, he's got the hook too. If a man can ever be healed and see the power of God, what it does to him, he'll then become a believer. Right. Now, we're happy to be in tonight, just a little bit late, and uh, had to perform an operation today on my friend here, Brother Tracy. I kept telling him that that jumping cactus would get him, and so he just didn't hardly believe it, so after a while I found he caught up with a bunch of cactus hooked behind his legs. I didn't have a pair of flowers or anything. We were taking a little hike on the desert to go up to sing the praises to the Lord on top of Superstitious Mountain, if we could have gotten there, that was his ambition, so about halfway up the cactus got him, and then we had to operate on him to get it out. He'd done a little squealing and grunting, but he got it all out. <laughs> so they don't have that in Texas, you know, and this is new, he's going to tell his great-grandchildren about it, you know, he was at Superstitious Mountain. So we got back down late, and if I ever had a night of difficult, it's tonight. <laughs> Coming back down and thought I would go into the room early then and go to fasting, praying. We hadn't eaten, so we decided to do that. And in the room, uh, when I wanted to, to go to praying, I picked up my Bible. I felt real tired. I just sat down in a chair. When they come back to the afternoon meeting, they woke me up. I went to sleep. And then the lady of the house said, come eat a sandwich. <laughs> I hope I never have to eat a full dinner anywhere. <laughs> Steak about that big around with everything that goes with it. And then I said, Brother Tracy, you all do the preaching tonight because I certainly feel kind of unqualified. It's approaching just by grace tonight that the Lord will bless in some way and give us of his blessings. We wish tonight to call your attention, God willing, in the Old Testament again just for a few remarks. Perhaps next week we'll go over into the New Testament, but just for a little teaching. And by the way, this is all new to me. Preach and make the altar call before praying for the sick. And I mean teach a little. And now, before we can open the Word, we can pull the lids down like this. But it takes God to open it. The Holy Spirit takes the Word of God and just gives it right out in every heart, just as we have need for it. If we can get ourselves submitted to the Holy Spirit. 
to where the preacher will not try to use his own thoughts, just let the Holy Spirit move, and let the congregation not try to criticize, but just set with an open heart and honest before God. Then we'll have a real meeting on. So shall we bow our heads while we talk to the author of this book that we're fixing to read? O beloved God, we come to thee most humbly, Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus, to ask first to forgive us of our sins and errors. And we're so happy to know that we have a high priest setting in glory who can be touched by the feeling of our infirmities, believing this, that he's climbed the ramparts of glory, setting way high and exalted above every angel, archangel, way beyond the moon, stars, and sun. And he hears the prayer of everyone that will come humbly asking. This great telephone connection we have, as it were, taking down the receiver called Central Christ Jesus, asking to be plugged into eternity. Come, Lord Jesus, send your angels tonight, and may they take their positions at every seat. Speak to the unsaved, those who are without Christ, going to a godless, Christless eternity to a devil's hell. When Jesus Christ died to save them from such, help tonight and may the Holy Spirit just get into the Word, take it right out to every heart, and divide it out there severally as we have need. Father, may we humble ourselves in thy presence. May the Holy Spirit now take hold of every heart, get glory out of the service, for we ask it in his name. Amen. In the twentieth chapter of Numbers, we read just for a short text. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Take the rod, and gather thou this assembly together, thou and Aaron, thy brother. Speak ye unto the rod before their eyes, and it shall bring forth his water. And thou shalt bring forth to them water out of the rod, so that give their congregation and their beasts. And Moses took the rod from before the Lord as he commanded. And Moses and Aaron gathered the congregation together before the rod, and he said unto them, Hear ye rebels, must we fetch you water out of this rock? And Moses lifted up his hand with the rod and smote the rock thrice, twice. And the waters came out abundantly, and the congregation drank and their beasts also. May the Lord add his blessings to the reading of his word. That was one thing that Moses did which was very contrary to God's word. That's the reason we have to watch Christian people. That's the reason my meetings, many of them say, Brother Branham, Brother Robert shall pray for 500 people while you pray for five. That's true. But Brother Roberts does what God tells him to do. I do what God tells me to do, you see. So that's the difference. Brother Roberts has a ministry of one type from the Lord, and I have a ministry of another type from the Lord. And we both, as God's servants, must do what God tells us to do. My ministry is not to personally contact each one. It's to bring forth the, the full assurance of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus and tell them to look and live. That's it. It's to each and every one. 
Just like Moses lifting up. I see Brother Roberts is the gift of healing. He prays and lays hands on the sick like that and got a real predominating heart, as we call it, bulldog faith. Just stands up there with his eyes closed and believe it. And he if God will do it if he asks, just lays his hands on the people as he pass by. That's good. That's what the Bible said, do lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. I can't do that. Just as soon as I catch a person, there it begins to break. I can't let the person go unless somebody snatches him through the line. And there comes a vision. Firstly, before I ever, no one ever heard me guilty of ever trying to cast out an evil spirit till first I knew what I was doing. Many times people come to the house, spend in the meetings and so forth, they fail to get healed. They wonder why. Then when they come in, maybe there's some hidden something back in their life that they haven't done or should have done. And maybe they've forgotten about it. Maybe that's the very cause that the brother laying his hands on them or not in the Lord of the church, whatever it was, they didn't get healed. Listen, friends, you've got to find the cause before you find the cure. Absolutely. If you went to a doctor, said, Doctor, I'm having a headache, just a persistent headache. He says, well, take this and gives you a few aspirins. He's not a doctor. He's trying to get rid of it. Now, the only thing it is, that doctor, if he's a real doctor, he'll diagnose that case until he finds the cause of that headache, then work from there. Now, if you pray for a person that doesn't get well, then there's something somewhere causing it because God's sovereign to his word. He's got to stay with his word. Peter said, Oh, day of Pentecost, repent every one of you and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. If a man repents and is baptized, he's absolutely God's duty bound to give him the Holy Ghost if he's repented from his heart. Why tarry? Why wait a long time? It's because there's something here that isn't right. Correctly. God's got. You say, well, maybe God just don't want to give it to me. Oh, yes, he does. You take every bit of the... Well, you say, maybe the Holy Ghost has been through so many. God's got plenty of it for you. Don't worry. Could you imagine a little fish about that long standing out in the middle of the ocean swimming around and say, I better drink of this water kind of sparingly because it might run out someday. <laughs> well, that's just not like thinking God has got a Holy Spirit for you. <laughs> Could you imagine a little mouse or the great garners of Egypt there where they're stacked with the billions of tons and a little mouse down there say, well, I better not eat about one or two grains a day because I might run out this winter. <laughs> nah, that's like trying to think that God hasn't got grace enough to save you, heal you. He's wanting to do it to you more than you are to receive it. That's right. That's right. Sure. He wants to do it. Could you imagine all the waters in the world packed into a standpipe about this big around? It would go thousands and thousands of miles through the air. And how the pressure of that water coming down, pressing down, trying to find one little crevice to get out of. That's the way the love of God and the healing power is trying to pour in this meeting tonight. Trying its best everywhere. God trying to make his way into a heart. With all that pressure of divine love and will and, and everything, trying to press his way into the people. If you just know the right approach to it, you can walk right up and just receive it just like that. That's all. See, because if God promised anything and you don't receive it, there's something wrong. People come sometime. I haven't time tonight to go into detail on this. I will maybe next week on testimony. But how that people come from everywhere. Say, well, I failed to get it. And lady come not long ago saying that someone told her she had seven devils. Another person told her she only had five. And she won't know where the four went. <laughs> Poor woman. 
Plum gone, nearly. Sat in the room, taken off her stockings and pulled her feet up in the chair. Said, I haven't eaten for several days and I'm not going to eat till I find out what become of those devils. Said, what are they? I said, I don't know. I never know nothing about them. Said, well, one minister told me I had seven devils and the other lady minister said I only had five. Now, there's two of them gone somewhere. Now, see, and come, stayed there about two hours and a half until God began speaking. Said, lady, listen, you come from St. Louis. She said, yes, how'd you know it? I said, your husband's on the police force. That's right. And I said, you used to be a lovely housekeeper. She said, that's right. I said, recently your house looks like a hog pen. I said, that's right. I said, your daughter's over there now taking care of your husband. I said, that's right. I said, who told you that? I just kept talking because it was in the vision. And I said, you went out to a little place. First you went to a doctor. Yes. He'd give you shots. Yes. Those shots was called hormones. Yes. I said, you went out to a place and they told you you had devils. Yes, because you had a real funny feeling. Yes. They sent you to California. Yeah. And some men told you you had seven devils. Yes. You went to a woman. She said you had five devils. Yes. And they told you you'd come to me. Yes. That's right. So how'd you know that? I said, the Holy Spirit said so. I said, you haven't got any devils to begin with. That's right. She said, I haven't. I said, no. I said, lady... Surely you know your mother went through the menopause. It's the menopause, something natural. Now I said, what do you think hormone shots are for? She said, I don't know. I said, for the change of life. That's what it is. No devils at all. It's just absolutely, it's just your condition of life. She began to relax. My wife was cooking some bacon and eggs out there. She began to look through the house. I said, can I get hungry? She refused to eat first. I said, yes. She went out and ate three eggs, a big bunch of toast, two cups of coffee, a lot of jelly. And she was just happy she could be. She said, Brother Brad, are you going to pray for me? Cast it away? I said, cast what away? She said, the, the, the thing, I said, there's nothing to cast away. She said, well, I never felt so good in my life. I said, what must I do? I said, go home, straighten up your house, cook your husband a nice big apple pie about that thick. When he comes in the night, throw both arms around him and kiss him, sit down and get on his lap and tell him you love him and live like a lady ought to. The same. All the pouring on of oil, all the stomping, kicking, all the loud hollering <laughs> would do a bit of good. It's the truth that makes you free. It's true. You shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. That's right. So many times, sure, in a group, you'll find lots of people with, when you bring three or four hundred people through the line. There's many clean, pure hearts in there that comes right through and gets healed. That's right. But there's some that we have to get back and pick up the struggles like that that fails it. Now, we can only do as God says do. Now, did you know a, a man that was given power, or faith, not power, not himself to do it, but faith in God to do it, to cast out an evil spirit and would do it outside of God's will, would get himself in trouble? Look at Moses tonight. He was a prophet. You believe he was a prophet? Oh, he was a prince of prophets. That's right. Never was a prophet on earth like Moses. Of course, Jesus was, he was, he was divine. Moses is just a man. But Moses in every way, a type of Christ, birth, lawgiver, high priest, all everything, just a type of Christ. And notice that God gave him power 
And he went out there and did something with that power which was contrary to God's will. That's right. That's right. But he did it anyhow. Amen. You remember the prophet, the young fellow in the Bible named Elisha? He kind of went along with the real prophet and poured water on his hands. He kind of kept his company right. And when Elisha died, or was taken up, rather translated, the spirit of Elisha come up on him. And the fellow was bald-headed when he was young. And he was going down the street and some little children began to tease him, calling him old bald-headed. And what he did, he turned around in anger. He kind of had a lot of temper anyhow. And he turned around in his anger and cursed those children in the name of the Lord. And two sheep bears killed 42 little innocent children. Now that ain't the nature of the Holy Spirit. That's an angered prophet. See? I heard somebody kind of, your spirit kind of moved back when I said he had a temper. He did. Look at him when Jehoshaphat and them come down. He got his righteous indignation then all stirred up. He said, if it wasn't, I respected the presence of the Jehoshaphat, I wouldn't even look at you. Had to play some music, get him back in the spirit again. Is that right? That's right. Sure was. So Moses, this great warrior, in the time now that God had promised Abraham that in this great long-suffering that someday he was, the people would sojourn for 400 years in a strange land. And during this time, remember, there was a lapse of time. Listen right close to that. There was a lapse of time. It wasn't exactly 400 years, it was 420 years because of the the condition of the people. Moses came in the right time to bring the people out, but they rejected the messenger. So it taken another 40 years, a lapse of time, which made it run over 420 years. The same thing it was in the Andalusian world. The time was already set at hand, but through the long suffering, God not willing that any should perish, but at all might come to See the lapse of time in the Andalusian destruction? See the lapse of time in the delivering of the children of Israel? So I want you to catch it close. Now listen. I get my word straight. Don't say Brother Brandon said Jesus should have come. But I believe that the coming of Christ is past due. Way past due. After all, theologians and everything know it must be at a certain time. I think well, that's where the prophets could set, say it'll be sometime within that area of time. And they missed it because the long suffering of God, not willing that John Doe sitting here tonight would perish, but warning him to come to repentance. Not willing that Mrs. Doe sitting here and all the little children, that they would perish, but long suffering. He sent Brother Roberts in, gave a great meeting. He sends the other man in, give a great meeting. Now he set up and God's giving us a great meeting, not willing that any should perish. Long suffering. The bomb that would probably burst every atom in the earth is hanging out in Russia tonight. Ought to have been far a long time ago. But God's long suffering, not willing that any should perish. That's due. God promised them that he'd bring them out under a mighty hand. And all of those things there of the pilgrimage from the children of Israel camped out down in Egypt. We know the story how God sent them down there. And they had their habitations, got in Goshen and become a great popular through the prophet Joseph. 
And then, after the time of the promise drew nigh, there raised up a Pharaoh who did not know Joseph. We're going to have one raised up one of these days that knows not Joseph. After a while, the time drew nigh, God sent a Savior to them. I think the greatest mistake that Israel ever made was the 19th chapter of Exodus where after grace had already provided a Savior, had already provided a Lamb, had already provided deliverance, and then they said, let us do something. See, they they want to do something. Man's always trying to find some way to save himself. I hear it is. That's his nature. In the Garden of Eden, a man, as soon as he found out he was lost, he made himself a religion, a fig leaf apron, and put it over him. You see why I think Eve was so beautiful? See See why I think these things, these strains, that's the strain of man yet tonight. Even after 4,000, yes, nearly 6,000 years, man's still trying to cover his own sins by his own merits. He'll quit eating meat, he'll keep all kinds of days and and oils, he'll tear himself down, he'll try everything that he can to save himself when it's so simple that even a fool couldn't fail to find it. The Bible said so. Just simply by grace are you saved through faith. He'll try to mystify and have all kinds of seeing lights and hearing sounds and everything and all kinds of mystifying things to get people to be saved. Maybe someone did see it, but that don't mean all has to see it. You just believe it. That's what it is. And God has his program and he'll set you and place you in Christ just where he thinks you'll work best for him. If you'll just stay in your calling. Don't try to get somebody else's calling. Stay in your own calling. If you're a housewife, remain a housewife. Whatever God's called you to do, just remain there. He knows where to put his hand on you and use you. You had a little old woman named Hannah one time. Little housewife. He knows where to place her, what he's going to do with her. You had one named Mary one time. Oh my, he'll just do with you whatever he wants to do if you'll just let him do it. Just be humble. Submit yourself to him and walk on. Now, when the time of the promise drew nigh, then God sent Moses down. I'm going to try to quit in about 15 minutes if I can, so I want to, don't want to take too much time because I'll get to preach and then I won't have the prayer line. I want to pray for the sick tonight. Billy just told me out there a few minutes ago, said, Daddy, he'd give out a whole group of prayer cards today, this afternoon around. So I won't try to pray for as many as I can. So, look, then when the time comes near, God had raised up Moses to do the work that God had ordained him to do. And Moses went out into Egypt and with a mighty hand brought the children out from under the bondage, brought them to the Red Sea and crossed over on their journey to the Promised Land. Very, very beautiful type of the church today. Aren't you glad you come up out of Egypt? Pulled the states out from the old garlic pots and flesh pots and things of the world, dances and carrying on of the world, and now pitched up in Beulah land. Amen. Have the camp meeting out here. We have our ups and downs, but we're still going towards the promised land. The pillar of fire still marching on, building new camps every year. Is that right? When Martin Luther built the first camp, he organized it so tight he just couldn't be nothing else but a Luther. God come right along, move the pillar far out, the children bothered him. Yeah. Wesley brought the message. And the first thing you know, Wesley organized it so tight 
So he couldn't move them. First thing, the pillar of fire moved out. Here come the Pentecostals. Going right on with it. The Pentecostals organized the types of their fussing, whether they're oneness, twoness, threeness, one hump camel, two hump camel, three hump camels, this way, that way, that way. God's just moving right on, leaving them. That's right. The Holy Spirit's moving on, shoulders of fire. Oh, won't it be wonderful when one of these times he'll break the eastern horizon and a scream from heaven will come in and down through that line of time become the blood war saints. Watching, praying, looking every day, keeping our robes washed in the blood of the Lamb, renewing our faith each day as we walk, believing on him, hearts open to receive anything that he'll send. Believing all things, hoping all things, enduring all things. That's love. God, God is love. Notice him now. And when they got to the Red Sea, the Red Sea got in the way of God. Think of that. The Red Sea got God's way. God was moving on with his children. You believe he's with his children today? A little while in the world won't see me no more. Yet ye shall see me. For I'll be with you, even in you, to the end of the world. God moving with his children. Now notice, here's another beautiful picture. Uh, We don't get too much into it, but notice that when Pharaoh's army was just about to overtake Israel because they had the hope, the sea was before them, an obstacle. But before God could move them through the sea and move back the sea, the pillar of fire went over and stood between Pharaoh and Israel. Yeah. And what was light to Israel was dark to Pharaoh. You see, if you won't accept the truth, it'll become darkness and you'll walk in darkness. That's right. He that sins will ever receive the knowledge of the truth. There he may have no more sacrifice for sin. They marched on, walked in the light, the beautiful light. Come where the dewdrops of mercy are bright. You remember singing the old song? Shine all around us by day and by night. Jesus, the light of the world. Israel marching on, yet there was a, a sick spell in front of them, or an obstacle of some sort. And as Israel marched down to the sea, God calls a mysterious thing to happen. He opened up a little crack down in the atmosphere somewhere and blew down a hard wind from his nostrils and blew it real hard and it just dried up the sea and she got scared and moved her walls back and Israel marched across on dry Oh, isn't that marvelous? Now remember, that same God's here tonight. He wasn't back there only. He's forever the same. He changes not. And he gives the same kind of a signs and evidences that he is in the camp. Listen. I'll drop this on just for a minute. Any time, any place, any part of the Bible where God's message is going, there were signs and wonders following it. Always. Never a still ritualistic thing that died when they got without a vision. Perish the judges during the time of the judges. Nothing happened. Just a very cold, formal, ritualistic affair. God wasn't in the camp. But as soon as God came in, then signs and wonders began to take place. You see what I mean? Amen. Amen. Notice, then God opened up the Red Sea and Moses and led Israel across the Red Sea and the uncircumcised, ritualistic, ones that rejected the light, 
We choose to walk in the light. God being long-suffering, give them plenty of time to believe it. He give them signs and wonders and so forth, and they shut up their faces from it. I don't believe it. I believe it's witchcraft. Get it? And they refuse to receive it. They, being uncircumcised in the heart and ears, faith cometh by hearing, hearing by the word, receiving the word brings new life. And as they strive to cross like these, the Israelites did, the sea gave away and destroyed every one of them. See it? Then notice, here's the beautiful thing of every believer that once takes his stand for Christ Jesus. Remember, they come forth why? Why was God favoring them? Because they was a redeemed people. Amen. Redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. God had brought them into full assurance and had redeemed them from death and was taking them to the promised land. You see it? No wonder God could work with them. They were under the blood. He couldn't see their sins because it was hid by the blood of the Lamb. Redeemed, marching forward. None of their business to say, well, wait a minute. Let me look out and see what that's going to be, how we're going to do this. They didn't even use their own knowledge. They only followed the Spirit. And every man that's born again tonight doesn't try to figure out his own, with his own mentality. For it's so weak, it's human, full of corruption. But he seeks after the things of God. Here it is. There is therefore now no condemnation to them that are in Christ Jesus that walk not after the flesh but after the Spirit. The Indian friends, last evening's coming up here. There's a little lovely little Spanish woman come up crying, her tears running down her cheeks. I never said nothing. I reached over to shake her hand. She's probably sitting here tonight. And she had a gallstone trouble. I seen a vision break over. She took hold of my hand. She kissed me on the back of the fingers like that. She looked up like that, just as satisfied. God, my judge here. <laughs> she's here now. She knows she's free of gallstone. There's a little Indian maid walked up there in her humble simplicity, her staring black eyes looking this way. She kept searching until she caught mine. A little smile tricked across her. She had a breast trouble. She'd stuck a pencil in her breast years ago. It hurt her breast. She'd have an awful time with it. If she's sitting under the sound of my voice, don't you worry, sister. Your faith made you all. You're going to get well. That's right. Watching them in the simplicity of walking, their faith moving. I thought there's no need to tell her about it. Because she'll find it out after a while anyhow. Just when God's done it, that's settled. She couldn't tell everything. Just going every way. So I was just thinking of after they crossed the separated people, God requires total annihilation from sin. Isn't that a word for a Calvinist to say? But that's right. God requires total annihilation. And how can you do it as a man? You can't. But Christ did it for you. And you just abide in Christ. That's all. God can't see the sin at all. Because he has to see the blood first. He can't see through the blood. If he's looking through the blood, he sees your wife. Just stay in Christ. That's all. Isn't that simple? 
And we're in our pilgrimage. We're going to have our up and downs like they did our jubilee times that are up and downs, but we're on hold. Now, look at this. After crossing, after they look back and see the old taskmasters dead by them, it caused a little jubilee time. I believe in having those once in a while, don't you? It kind of shakes off all the ashes, you know. I stand out long ago up Chicago a few weeks ago, and I was watching there on Lake Michigan, the ice rolls around everywhere, that great big old sea waves coming in like that, dashing and flashing, angrily like it was trying to get in. I thought, well, what's that dashing like that for? I thought, well, you know what? There's no more water in it right now than it is when it's perfectly calm. Oh, it's just having a revival. That's all. That's right. When you believe the Lord Jesus, that settles it. Jesus himself said, He that heareth my words, believeth on him, and said, He has everlasting life, and shall not come into condemnation, but already passed from death to life. Amen. Amen. Now we need a revival. I thought, what does the sea jump like that for? Well, there comes a mighty rushing wind down. It causes a revival. Same amount of water. That's right. But it's got a revival. What does it do? It throws all the trash up on the shore. <laughs> We need a scouring out once in a while. God gives us a revival and a sweeping mighty wind that rushes down to the church like that and floats all the trash out of us. God purifies us by the Holy Spirit, the wind that comes from heaven that shakes your soul, scours you out. Still the same creature, but you got scoured out. See, that's right. Now, Miriam and them looking back and saw that Separation, annihilated from their enemies forever. How long? How long was it going to be saved from them? These Egyptians that you see today, you'll see no more forever. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Put them in the sea of forgiveness and remember them no more. That's what kind of God we have. Not goes and digs it up again and holds it against you. Forget about it. Amen. Oh, my. No wonder Miriam had a heart spell. She picked up a tambourine, began to dance and jump down the bank. Oh, you know, the Holy Spirit was like his catches from one to another. Like an atoms and a relay, you see. And they began to jump from one to another, and they all got tambourines and just had a real jubilee. You know, Brother Moses got so happy that he held up his hands and sang in the Spirit. If yeah, that ain't a holy roller meeting, I've never seen one. That's right. <laughs> this is nothing new. It's just a new case of the old. <laughs> That's right. There they were, singing in the Spirit, dancing in the Spirit, beating all the music, clapping their hands. What a time they was having. Why? They was annihilated from their enemy. Amen. Amen. He still does the same thing. Yeah. Under a better covenant. Way better than the old covenant. That's right. That's right. Now God promised he'd supply all their needs, not their wants now, their needs. So they come out with just a little bit of bread enough to last them for about one day. God doesn't want you to hang on to the things you once had. Hang on to your old habits and things that you once had. Cut loose of them. God will give you something else better. Did you ever try? He will. 
You say, well, I just couldn't. Yes, you can. You just let loose one time and let God. Just let loose and let him show what he can do about it. Now, and then when they looked, the next morning when they got up, there was something supernatural that happened. They were hungry breakfast time, and they had waffles with honey the next morning for breakfast. Dried right, said they had a little wafers that taste like honey. That's right. Wafers already cooked and sent out with honey on them. Brother, you can't beat that. That's good for any breakfast. Yes, sir. Waffles and honey. This smacked their lips on it. And it was a type that was Christ that came down from glory, humiliating himself in the form of the bread of life. Life-giving part of the journey. And it never ceased to fall until they went into the millennium. Amen. Is that right? That same manna fell constantly every day except Sunday. Every day the same until they went into the millennium, the time, over into the promised land. And that's where all the Hebrew prophets to the years has looked forward to the millennium. Yeah. And the same Holy Ghost, which was the type that fell on the day of Pentecost, will continue the same until the millennium set. Man will still have the Holy Ghost and the same things will take place. All the way through. That's right. Until the millennium age. Christ, the bread of life, come down from heaven, humiliating himself, giving his life, that through his life he might have journeying mercy. Where did that come from? Out of that pillar of fire. That's where it dropped out of. He was up there. That was Christ himself, the Logos. The angel of the covenant that Moses forsook Egypt, not knowing where he was going, but he was on his road. The children of Israel followed that God promised that the angel would lead him. And look, God said, I'll tuck my name in him. He won't pardon your transgression, so beware of him. He hath been made flesh, yet to dwell among us, to shed his blood to take away our sins. So the blood of lambs and goats was very, very fragile. It would break easy. But now the blood of Christ once shed cleanses until the day of redemption. All the way through once perfected through the sanctifying process of the Holy Spirit by the blood of the Lord Jesus. That believer is anchored until the day of redemption. What? Yes, sir. Ephesians 4.30 says, Grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby you are sealed until the day of redemption. Don't let this take the scare out of it now. God's with us. Although you've sinned, you've got to navigate. Tell God you're sorry. Come on back. That's the way to do it. Don't think you're cast off forever. As long as you still have enough desire to come to this church, come on, God's still with you. Sure is. Yes, he'll just keep moving as long as you, as he calls you, he's still in the saving business to call you. Always calling, he's still wooing at your heart. Come on, no matter what you've done, God still wants to forgive you, take you back, love you a little bit, hug you up to his bosom, give you a few spiritual vitamins, put you back in the church in your position again. He came to redeem, to seek and save that which was lost. Now, notice the man of hell 
and they eat it, and it was the bread of life that sustained them all the way through the journey. And the day they entered into the type of the millennium over in the other promised land, or they like we are to live for a thousand years without death. When they entered into that land, then the manna ceased to fall. A very beautiful type as the Holy Spirit's falling today, which is the manna from heaven. The day that we enter the millennium, Christ, the Son of David, will sit on David's throne. Amen. Won't need any Holy Spirit then, because Christ will be here himself in a body form as King Jesus. Then all the nations is sure going to beat their plowshares, or their pruning or swords into plowshares and wars over them. We're going to have some rest around here. The whole world's going to rejoice. The jubilee year will come. Notice, now as they journeyed on, I have to hurry. i got about five minutes longer. Notice, they got over there then, and isn't it strange? Even although redeemed by the blood, I want you to notice a person cannot be sinless in himself. Takes an atonement. After seeing all those miracles and things that God did for them, they still grumbled and complained. God's love, not willing. One day God was going to take the whole group of them out, start with Moses and raise a new generation. And Moses, here's the power of a believer, throwing himself in the breach for the people that God go cross over to Take me first, or you take them. Notice, and God could not cross Moses. The love of that people Moses had, the heart of God seen that he couldn't cross over his prophet. Oh my, can you see it? What prayer can do? Change God. Yes, after God's already spoke something's going to be, prayer can change it. Hezekiah was told by the prophet that he was going to die, but his house in order for us, thus saith the Lord. The king turned his face to the wall and began to weep bitterly and said, Lord, I beseech you to consider me. I've walked before you with a perfect heart. And when he did, looks like God would have talked right back to the king. He's the biggest, greatest man in the land. But God has a way of doing things. He went back out and told the prophets, and now you go back and tell him how humiliating it was to Isaiah after coming out of the palace to all the celebrities. What about our beloved king? Thus said the Lord, he's going to die. Walked out to the soldiers. What about our king, O prophet of God? Thus saith the Lord, he's going to die. Weeping. Went out to the poor people at the gate. What about our king? Thus saith the Lord, he's going to die. Gets out there, sets down his little cabin, weeps a little bit for the king, picks up his scriptures and goes reading. Here come a vision down. God stood in the vision and said, Go back and tell him I heard his prayer. Here he comes right back again. All the poor people at the gate. Thus saith the Lord, he's going to live. <laughs> Right back up again. Thus saith the Lord, he's going to live. Brought him a little sack of figs along, made him some poses, and put it on the king. Third day he went to church to worship. Prayer changed from death to life. Prayer of faith shall save the sick. God shall raise him up. There you are. All this grumbling. And the first thing you know, because they begin to grumble, God cut off their water supply. That's what's the matter with the water supply today. That's the reason we're not having any revival in America. Grumbling, complaining. 
You don't belong to the assemblies. You're not in it. No, you have to be this. You have to be the church of God. You have to be a Baptist, a Methodist. You have to be this. Oh, that's the reason we can't get nowhere. Yes, sir, it wasn't for the sovereignty of God. He shut the whole thing off. Right. Grumbling of the people. I tell you, brother, as long as people argue and complain and grumble about their church affiliations and denominations, you're still carnal, walking with carnal minds, like the little kids. Why don't you grow up and be a man once in a while? Look at the overall picture. What difference does it make what church you belong to as long as you're a child of God? Not of it. Mr. Baxter used to tell me a little story at Canada. Let's go to give a swim bicycle or some kind of a bicycle for any boy who could ride a 12-inch plank for a half a city block without falling off. He said, my, I know I'll get that. He'd go downtown and get a sack of groceries, come back and never eat his hand on the handlebar. So I, many of the boys, they had a little old sissy boy around there. He entered the contest too. So they all got up and every one of them fell off the board but the little old sissy boy. So after it was all over, the boys got him out and said, how did you come to ride it that day? What's the matter, boys? Said each one of you took hold of your handlebars and was looking down like this, trying to keep it on the board. Said, I never paid attention to what was here. I watched the end. Therefore, you don't wiggle if you watch the end. <laughs> Amen. There it is. You see it? Don't pay attention to this present condition. Look at the end, the coming of the Lord. I'd be a miserable person if I looked around now and seen what was going on. But I'm looking to Him. The author and finisher of the faith. Christ at the end when He'll come and say, Why did you colonize yourself? Why did you take sides here and take sides there? Why wasn't you big enough to look up here? Know that I love whosoever will let Him come. Amen. I say we're brethren. Let's stand up together. Amen. There you are. Notice. Then they begin to argue and their water supply was cut off. They began to stick at one another. That's why I was married that thistle today or that jumpy cactus, brother. Didn't have no water out there. Been a lot of water on the desert. In a few years, you know what happened? That thing would have leaves on it instead of stickers. That's why it's married the church tonight. It ain't got no leaves for the healing of the nation. It's sticking and out of water. Become thorns, sticking one another because you don't belong to a certain organization. Stickery! The Holy Spirit. Grumbling, carnality, cut off their water supply. Would you imagine if people had left the muddy waters of Egypt to drink from the spiritual rock and was still complaining? Could you imagine leaving the flesh pots and garlic in Egypt to eat angels' food and was still complaining? Could you imagine that? Leaving the boasting physicians of Egypt saying the days of miracles is past. There's no such a thing as miracles anymore. And to go out to be with the people who believe in the signs following, with the sign of a king in the camp and great wonders and signs, a pillar of fire hanging over them, the blessings of falling, spiritual men out of heaven and still grumbling. Insult to their maker. Right? Oh, what a time. God's still in his mercy. Still merciful, said Moses, go out and speak to the rock and bring him some water. They have forgot all the miracles that happened last month. They forgot how I opened up the Red Sea. Sitting here sick tonight, you forgot how God saved your soul. And that's the worst, of, more of a miracle than it was to heal your body. They forgot all about it. But Moses, yet in your mercy, 
Come on, in mercy, I am going to open the rock again. Oh, my. After I sent my word, they looked it over, they heard it preached, they wouldn't believe it. Still, yet in that, I'll send gifts in the church. I'm long-suffering. I'll show signs and wonders on and on. Isn't he wonderful? Then we go to fussing about what church we belong to. He still sends the rains just the same. Still blesses our souls, sends us revivals, raises us up evangelists and pastors and teachers, sets in the church gifts of healing, prophecy, and speaking with tongues, interpretations, and all this. Yet in all of our wrangling and fanaticisms and things that we get into, God still sends it right on just the same. Long-suffering, waiting, surely somebody will wake up after a while, before the coming of the Lord. Moses went out there then when they were all said, take the rod and go out there and stand before the rock. I'll meet you on the rock. Oh, I love that. I'll meet you on the rock. He smoked the rock the first time, brought forth waters, a type of Christ was the rock. Look, the carnal mind would have quickly said, the worst place in the world to try to find water was in the rock. That's the driest place on the desert. Well, sure, if there's no water down here on the palm trees where the spring was, there's none up there in that rock yet. God, and while the wisdom of God is foolish to man, while it's the driest place in the country to try to ever find that, but yet God said right there's where the water is. And the people today say, oh, divine healing, if there's anything, it'd be up the big up and up, so it'd be in the big churches in the Vatican City, it would be probably with the Archbishop of Canterbury, some of them would have had the gifts. Or would it be in one of the little missions down on the street where they're clapping their hands and going on the foolishness? Yeah, it pleased God for the foolishness of preaching to save them. But hey, man, you see it? The water is sometimes where you would least expect it to be. Why? The carnal mind would say, why strike the rock? Why, Moses, some of the dignitaries of the camp would say, Moses, what are you going up there to strike the rock for? God said so. Well, strike it down here where the water's at. God said, strike it up there. Naaman said, isn't the water's up there in my country better than these mighty waters? But God said, dip in these waters. This is the water. He held his nose, went out, but God, he hurt his prestige, but he sure got healed. Amen. That's what we need tonight is to forget our prestige. Forget our own mental conception and believe what the Holy Spirit says. And be led by the Spirit of God. Then the next time they got thirsty, they moved them out and said, Now go speak to the rock, and it will bring forth the waters. I wonder tonight if anybody here is out of speaking terms with the rock. Hannah one time, she had a little thirsty baby. It was dying. She wondered how her mistress, Mrs. Abraham, Sarah, how they could treat her like that. She'd been a true little worker for them. And... Legally, when Polygamy was legal, she had married him just as legally as it could be, and the baby come. Why, well, she had no reason, nothing at all. What this sudden strange thing happened? And she was given a little bottle of water and a basket of bread and turned out into the wilderness to die with the baby. She couldn't understand it. You know what she did? The little fellow began to holler for water when there was no water to give it. Out in the desert, she laid him under a bush and went off about a bow shot. And she spake to the rock. <laughs> so why are you weeping, woman? Look over here, this whole fountain of water. Still stands today, Barsheba. Oh, well, God looketh and seeth me. 
She spoke to the rock. There's a woman one day who had a blood issue. And she spent all her living on the farm, sold all the teams and everything, and trying to get well with the doctors. They tried everything and took all the money, and yet she was no better. So she heard a little skiff move into the edge of the willows down there one morning. She went out and spake to the rock. She got what she asked for. Martha, very dilatory about keeping the preachers with something to eat. Her sister kind of rebuked her and said she ought to do this, that, or the other. But the first thing you know, she might have been a little unconcerned, but she's listening to good things. And the first thing you know, one day when her brother was dead, been dead for four days, she went out and spake to the rock. And the rock brought forth life to her brother. Poor Moses, as we're closing, he followed the rock, and one day after his disobedience, God told him, Sinai, Moses, down in this wilderness of sin, you magnif- didn't magnify me down there or glorify me. You took all the credit yourself, so I just can't let you go over. So I want you to come up, climb up here to Pisgah. I'm going to show you what lays ahead. I like that. I'm homesick and tired, and I want to see Jesus. I want to hear the sweet harbor bells chime. It would brighten my and vanish all my fears. Lord, let me look up past the curtain of time. Moses climbing the mountain, singing, looking back, tears dimming his eyes. As he climbed up there, disobedience, he'd done something wrong, yet he'd been a servant of God. He stood and viewed the land over all the way from Dan to Bathsheba. He looked all up and down. He seen as in springtime in April and the great valley flowed through there. How beautiful it was of milk and honey, a beautiful land. He certainly longed to go over. Eighty years, nearly forty years in the wilderness of these children. And then when God said, get ready, Moses, prepare yourself, because I have to take you home this morning. Moses standing looking, he felt the chilly winds of death sweeping up, his pulse coming up his sleeve. He had to look laying here by his side. There laid the rock. <laughs> he stepped over on it, the angels took him away. About 800 years later, we see him on Mount Transfiguration speaking through the rock. <laughs> That's right. That rock took him through. The rock cut me through this far. It's grace that's brought me safe thus far. Grace will take me on. If you're in trouble tonight, let's speak to the rock. Out of him comes forth abundance of water. Not just a little drip, a whole gusher. Did you realize how many people, two million people besides all our camels, come drink from that spring? And there was abundance of it flowing everywhere. Yes, plenty tonight. Won't you come? And speak to him while we have our heads bowed for a moment of prayer. Our beloved Savior, this may be the last meeting that many will ever see. Maybe the last one that we're privileged to set together this side of eternity. After standing here and speaking of thy word, saying if there is a rock and it's smitten now, God so loved the world that he smote his only begotten Son, that out of him might come rivers of everlasting waters of life to a perishing people. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, whosoever believeth on him should not perish, but have everlasting life. We thank thee. Jesus said, Whosoever heareth my words, Believeth only him that sent me has imperishable life.
He's taken a drink from the fountain of the Spirit of Christ and can never more come into condemnation, but it's already passed from death to life. Thou knowest the heart of every man, woman, boy, or girl in here, Father. I pray tonight as I commit these words to you, that you will deal with human hearts. And may they speak tonight to the rock and say, Yes, rock, rock of ages, cleft for me. Grandfather, for we ask it in his name, while we have our heads bowed. I wonder if someone would just raise your hand to the rock, not to your brother here. Say, Rock Christ Jesus, fountain of everlasting life, I humbly come now. I raise my hand, saying this, gushing out upon me thy everlasting life. God bless you, my sister. God bless you, my brother. God bless you, someone else. Raise your hand here on the bottom floor and say, O fountain of life. I come, I come, by this I raise my hand. God bless you, my Mexican brother. God bless you, my little brother sitting back there. I come, fountain of life, and I raise my hand. Truly in my heart, I believe that Christ died as my Redeemer to bring me back to God in relationship by being a son of daughter and in fellowship with the Holy Spirit. God bless you, sonny. God bless you. Someone else raise your hand say, this Lord, I give myself to thee. God bless you, little lady. I see you back there in the middle aisle. Someone else, God bless you, young man. God bless you, sir. God bless you, young lady. That's fine. God bless you, madam. The Mexican woman sitting there. God bless you. God bless you, young lady over here to my left. Someone else, keep praying. Keep your heads down. They're coming now. God bless you. You know what that means? God bless you, sister. That's fine. God bless you, sister. Oh, wonderful. You know what God said? No man can come lest my father draws him. And all that comes, I'll give him everlasting life. If you believe me to be the servant of God, his prophet or servant, brother, believe that the message I speak is the truth. It isn't carried out right, but it's the best that I can with all I can. It comes from my heart. Remember the word of God said, the very angel of God who confirms the message to be true every night, that whosoever believeth has everlasting life. Not mentally believe now, from your heart, say, Lord, I just open up my soul. Jesus Christ promised that would never come into condemnation, but pass from death to life. Just by making a sign to God, here I am, Lord, I now believe someone else. While we're think of that, friend, what a simple thing. God bless you, brother. Old gray-headed man raising his hands. Maybe the first time in his life. Coming now, God gives the everlasting life, my brother. You may have done a lot of noble deeds in your days. No doubt you have. Maybe a father of many children. But friend, that's the greatest thing you've ever done in all your life. When death chills you soon, perhaps, I don't know, maybe a few years yet, you'll remember I raised my hand. And when you're going out of here, God will reveal it back to you, your hand up. I now accept Jesus as my Savior. God said if you do that, you'll never perish. How simple he's made it, just longing, loving you. Will you raise your hand someone else on the bottom floor before you run up in the balcony right quick? 
for the prayer line. God bless you, mother. God bless you. Gray-headed woman. Saintly-looking woman. Probably a good old mother. Another one, too. Two of them studying together. God bless you, sister. I know my words are saying God bless you is not very much, but what does it mean? It means in the depths of my heart I'm asking God to grant to you the favor that you're asking. When he promised he'd do it, it's so easy for me to ask him that. He promised he'd do it. Up in the balcony to my left, anyone along there will just raise your hand and say, I now want everlasting life. God bless you, sir. God bless you, lady. God bless you, sir. God bless you and you and you. That's fine. God bless you. I am now. God bless you, sir. God bless you, lady. God bless you, the little Mexican girls at the end. I see you. God bless you. God bless you, the little boy sitting here to my left. That's right. Look, honey, I tell you the truth. Jesus gives you everlasting life right now because something struck your little heart. And that's the only thing you can do, honey, just believe. God loves the rest of it. Grace, he saves you. Be a good little boy and all be along there. Be good children of God and I serve him. He promised he'd do it. Because I promised, I believe. Oh, Lamb of God, I come. To the balcony, to the my right now. God bless you, sir. By doing that, you pass from death into life as soon as you raise your hand. God bless you, honey, you do the same thing. God bless you down there, sister. You pass from death to life when you raise your hand. That's according to the Word of God. Why? It's against your nature to raise your hand. Something spoke to you said, raise your hand. That's the Holy Spirit. And then he said, if he that will come, I will in no wise cast out. You have life as soon as you believe. Something happens in your heart. You couldn't raise your hand unless you believe. Sincerely, if you got your hand and say, ah, here are my hand. That's all I know to do. The preacher just asked me to raise my hand. And you told me if I come, this means I'm coming. Accept me just now as I am. God promise, I believe. Oh, Lamb of God, here I am. Before the smitten rock. This congregation right now is before the rock that was in the wilderness. Here now, smitten life pouring out into every believer. In a few moments, you'll raise up the brazen serpent. While you're thirsty for everlasting life, come drink now. It's yours freely, given to you by grace. Will you raise your hand anywhere else in the building that hasn't raised your hand? God bless you, young man. May the Lord grant it to you. He does. Over to my right, I see your hand too. God bless you, son. Just for that, this is to say that I have now accepted him. Grace has spoke to my heart, and I now believe. Is there just another before we close? Anywhere? Oh, you say, Brother Bram, what does it mean if I put up my hand or don't? Oh, my, on that day. On that day. Why am I saying these things? The Holy Spirit's telling me to say it. And you're acting upon what the Holy Spirit's saying to you. Take a one more hand. What is it in the sight of God? Ten thousand worlds. God bless you, sister, back there to my right. You now have received everlasting life. Imperishable life. God come to your heart, knock at your door. Say, if you let me in, I'll give you life. You raise your hand to him, say, now, here you are, Lord. He can't cast you away. He'd have to repudiate his word. He'd have to say something that wasn't right. He can't. He's God. He has to keep his word. All right. Oh, I see two more. God bless you up there, children. 
Jesus sees your hand. God bless your little heart. Little boy, it's about 12 years old. You say, well, does he see that child? Yes, and over to my left, I see the little hand over here. I believe a little Mexican girl. God bless you, honey. He gives you everlasting life. You have life as sure as I'm a minister behind the platform. And God, God bless you, my brother, back way back in the back. I believe a Mexican brother, I'm not sure. With his hand up, God right now gives you everlasting life. He didn't hear my words, just been spoken. Believe it on him that sent me. And shall never perish. Can't perish. Got everlasting life. Think, 30 or 40 people that would have died an hour ago if Jesus would have come would have perished. Right now has everlasting life. Because they have believed and accepted the Lord Jesus. As soon as the healing service is over, I want you to come back in the room and have a word of prayer to God. Kneel down and say, Lord, I'm so thankful that you saved me out there. From this night on, I'm going to be your servant. Will you do that for me now at the end of the service? While we pray, Father, thank you for everyone who came and believed upon the basis of the shed blood of the Lord Jesus, upon the witness of the Holy Spirit and the eternal word of God, which lays here before us that tells us this. I now pronounce every one of them your children in Jesus' name. Father, they want to meet you back here and talk with you a little while. Oh, you just give out the present and they receive it. They want to come and thank you for it. And then, Father, may they live God-fearing Christians until death takes them from this world in the presence of the Maker who spoke to their heart this night. In the hours of their dying somewhere along the roads of life, They'll remember tonight that they raised up their hand, the most gallant thing they ever done, and accepted Jesus as personal Savior. We thank thee in Jesus' name. Amen. Why doesn't this feel good after an altar call? You know what? It just makes me feel like a different person. Last night I couldn't sleep till way in the morning of seeing those Indians white people, Mexicans standing around here, men of age and young women and young men, tears rolling down their cheeks. I now believe. I thought, Lord, that day when I'm standing back over to one side, when I see them come walking up, I don't know. Let me just know who they are the night they were saved down here by hearing the word. Just so simple. See, God has to keep his word. See, sometimes our theology ties us up a little, but God's got to keep his word. He that believeth shall not be condemned, has everlasting life. Is that right? That's what the scripture says. Now here's some handkerchiefs going to the sick. Let us pray now for them. Precious Lord, take these unworthy hands. And as commemoration of the Bible, uh, when you dealt with the Jews, which we are Jews spiritually by being dead in Christ and take on Abraham's seed, have faith in God. And now I lay myself over these handkerchiefs with all the faith that I can pray with, asking you to heal everyone, all the peoples thou knowest in. May each one be severally give out for its destinations to be determined. And may each one be healed. We ask that in Jesus' name.
Amen. Now, we'll pray for the sick. You feel real good? Say amen. Amen. Now, I'm just a little bit late, usually running late. But we see we won't be together for just a few more nights now. Then we have to journey on. Oh, how I hate to leave a church. This has been one of the most marvelous meetings. I mean that. Oh, it's small. I keep my meetings small so I won't have to beg for money and things. Just keeping a little building so we can come together and fellowship around the Word. And I, I know you need your money real bad. So we don't need very much. Just I wish I didn't have to take any at all just to pay the expenses, that's all. So we, uh, we are happy for this fellowship. I love you. That's from the depths of my heart. I love you with the warmest of Christian love that anybody could love. As far as I know my heart, I love my brethren, mankind. Even if you're my enemy, I say it from my heart. You just misunderstand, that's all. I love you anyhow, brother. I love you anyhow. You might disagree with me as far as the east is from the west. That's your American privilege. But still, in my heart, God knows whether I'm telling the truth or not. Or this sacred desk, I still love you. I can't help it. There's something in me that tells me you're my brother. We don't believe alike, but we're still brothers. You may be fallen, but I still love you anyhow. You may be a bootlegger. You might be a prostitute. I love you anyhow. That's right. There's something in here. Now, me, myself, up here, I wouldn't, but there's something in here that loves you. I can't help it. I don't see you wrong. I, I just want you to come get right. Now, you say you got any P? You are. Let's line up a few of them. And let's begin tonight with. Well, let's just start from number one. Prayer card. Did you say B or P? P. Prayer card P on the back of it. L M O P. P on the back of it, and start. Who has number one? Is that, that was it from one to hundred? You have number one. Art number two. Number three. Three. I look around when I call. Might be somebody deaf and can't come up. You see. Three. Would you raise your hand? Four. Number four. Would you raise your hand? Prayer card P number four. Look, it might be some Indian that can't even read. It might be some Mexican that can't read. Look at their prayer cards. Number four. Four. All right, sir. Five. Who has prayer card number five? P number five. Is that the lady back there? Pardon me, sister. Didn't see it. Six. Six. Who has prayer card number six? All right. Six. Seven. All right. Eight. Prayer card number eight. Raise your hand quickly. If you will, just for the sake of time, P number eight. Is it here? Look around. If it is, put it in line. Nine. Prayer card nine. All right. Ten. Eleven. Twelve. Thirteen. Fourteen. Fifteen. Now I don't care how many could stand up. It just uh, it might be just a place where you just have you'd have to stand so long. I don't get to too many. All right. Let's try that just for a minute. Looks like there's quite a pretty near all of them responded to it. And let's let's pray just a minute now. And I'm going to ask you, if you will, be just as reverent as you can for a few moments.
our Heavenly Father, into thy divine presence we present these people, not only these in the prayer line or these with prayer cards, we present the entire host tonight to you. Come, Father, minister to them in the resurrection power of the Son of God. May every heart in here submit themselves to faith of God. And may your humble servant, your unworthy, to stand here. But may the Holy Spirit so take a hold of me that I will be used for your glory in the power of the resurrection of the Son of God, just this mortal man, sinful, unworthy. But Father, if you're looking for a holy people tonight, without Christ, where would you find them? They're not here. But everyone in Christ is a newborn babe. And we're so happy that you've made a way that we could work with our fellow man and our brethren. We unrighteous ones, through the shed blood of the Lord Jesus, comes now. Presenting our faith to thee for the healing of the sick. For we ask that in Jesus' name and according to the atonement, that by stripes we are healed. Amen. Now, how many anywhere in the building, no matter where you're at, you say by raising up your hand, Brother Brandon, I do not have a prayer card. Now remember, some night, somewhere, sometime, we're going to pray for every person that receives a prayer card. No matter if it takes a month to do it, we're going to pray for every person with a prayer card. See, You hold your prayer card. If you're not called at one night, you will be again sometime. We'll see that every prayer card is called. Pray for, lay hands on every person. So now, you don't know what night you're each day to give out new ones because new people comes in. And we just call out and take a few here and stand them in the line. Now, so far as I know, there's not a person in that line that I know or have ever seen. There's Indians, Mexicans, white people, all mixed up. That's the way it'll be in glory, isn't it? I don't know none of them. Perhaps maybe you can't even speak their language. But did you know God knows every one of them? Now, I've preached the word. They've heard that. Now, the audience is waiting to see something else. Has the really phenomenal of the resurrection positive power of Christ returned to the church? Jesus said, the things that I do shall you also. Is that right? He didn't claim to heal anybody. He claimed that God showed him a vision of different things. And what God showed him to do, that's the only thing he did. How many knows that in this church to be the gospel truth? That Jesus said he couldn't do nothing in himself. Just exactly the only thing he could do was when God the Father showed him what to do. And he said God was in him. Do you believe that God's in this church tonight? Well, he's not in the sphere here. He's in the people. Is that right? So then if God's in here, he could do for us just as like he did Jesus. For Jesus said the same things that I do. Shall you do also all the way to the end of the age? Is that right? The woman touched his garment. He looked around out in the audience. He said, your faith has healed you from that blood issue. A blind man cried at him. And when his faith touched him, and Jesus turned around and said, your faith has healed you. Many things like that. He touched a man's eyes one day, and two of them said, Now according to your faith, be it unto you. But the Father showed him some things to do. He went and done it. 
had by sick and afflicted everywhere, found this person that the father told him to, went out there, told him, rise up, take your bed, go on in your house, walked off and left the rest of them. They said, why? said, I only do what the father shows me to do. And if he's the same today as he stood on the platforms of the world at that time in the different audiences and perceived their thoughts in the audience. Is that right? Same yesterday, today, and forever. Now, I want to ask you, how many here without a prayer card? It says, Brother Branham, tonight, by the help of God, I'm going to yield myself to the Holy Spirit, and I'm going to pray that God will turn you around to me and let me know whether I'm going to get well or something about me that will stir my faith. I will believe. Will you do it? Everywhere now, without prayer cards, you can't already tell, it's just everywhere. All right. Look this way and live. The reason I say without prayer cards, the one with prayer cards is going to come up here. The one without prayer cards might not. And it might be your last time. Some of you sitting there big and healthy. Look like it. Might have a heart beating there that's going to stop for the next 15 minutes. 20. Something has to be done. Here sits a poor lady sitting here in a wheelchair. I've seen her two nights. I know exactly what's wrong with her. I know what caused it. I see her a night or two ago, and I thought, sure, the angel of the Lord standing right there, that faith would come. I started to call, and I sent it one over to another lady. See? I believe she's near the time. That's right. You look at her, you feel sorry. You say, that's a woman. But remember, that woman could live for 50 more years just like that. But maybe that big, healthy man sitting on her with a heart trouble won't live the rest of the night. God knows all things, doesn't he? He knows all things. He knows what has to be done. All right. Okay. Here, here she is. Excuse me. I didn't mean that, sister. I thought that. All right. Now, this lady here is to begin the first. Now, I'm going to ask you if you'll do something for me. Now, if the engineers there will watch this microphone. They tell me I don't talk loud enough when the anointing comes down. I don't, I don't even know where I'm at half the time. See, That's the reason I'm in another world. So now, if you just be real reverent, and the, see Brother Brown standing here, Brother Moore here, they're watching every minute. That's what they're standing there for. They know just exactly when something happens to me that they've got to take me. And when they take me, the other minister comes right to the platform, peeks right into the Spirit, begins to make the altar call. See? Or do whatever it feels led to do. I try. When I feel them hit me on the side, I know I'm supposed to make a committal prayer. And that's about all I remember until the next day they tell me about it. Now, may he add his blessings now, in Jesus' name. Now, for the glory of God, and for the cause of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ, I take every spirit in here under my control. In the name of the Lord Jesus. That is unruly things, you see. But I'm moving forward. Now, the lady here, I want to talk to you, lady. Can you hear me all right? This is my voice is over this year. Now... I suppose us being strangers to each other, uh, God knows both of us, so does he? He knows both of us. He knows, uh, you know, lady, as well as any, I have no way at all on knowing what you want just as a man. That would be totally impossible for me to know it. Of us strangers and just met uh, right here, how in the world would I know what you want? But Jesus Christ knowed you before you were born. He knowed me before I was born. You are a Christian believer. I perceive that because your spirit feels welcome. As you're conscious that something is taking place now. 
I want the audience to watch the woman. Just watch her. She, watch any patient that comes here when the angel moves near them. Watch what, how they look. They'll get white around the mouth and something will happen to them. See? They're standing in his presence. Between me and the woman right now, I know. Just like someone has moved right in here. I don't see it yet. Don't know nothing, but it'll break through and something will tell her. I don't know what she's here for. It might be that she's she's sinned. It might be that she's sick. It might be that she has domestic troubles. I, I don't know what she wants. But God does. So he'd have to do it. And in doing so, well, you would, you would believe that it'd have to come from supernatural resources. Will the audience believe the same thing? Has to come. That if Jesus has raised from the dead now, that's the supernatural. That's a miracle, is it? It cannot be explained. It's a miracle. Then, see, uh, isn't that something you come here to ch- knowing? Because he told me, I'll be with you. And I believe him. I believe him with all my heart. And uh, now, of course, now we see you wearing glasses. Of course, we know that there's something wrong with your eyes. We wouldn't be wearing glasses. But now maybe there's something different. And I couldn't say, but the Lord Jesus knows. Now, just as we're looking to each other, the Holy Spirit moving between us, and no, it's getting real light around you. You're not here for healing because you've just been healed. That's right. Sunday night. You was healed here Sunday night, wasn't yes, it? Now, how would I know you were healed Sunday night? Something had to tell me that. Is that right? How do you believe with all your heart? I do. I with all your heart. I see someone else. It's a man standing by your side now. And that's your husband. And he has arthritis. That's right. And there's two, you're, something else is your, it's two children. It's grandchildren. And that's TV. And you're come to have prayer for them. Thus saith the Lord. That's true, isn't it? Absolutely, it's the name of the Lord. You believe you will get what you ask for? Come here. Almighty God, creator of heavens and earth, I bless this my sister in the name of Jesus Christ that she gets the desire of her heart. Don't fear, sister, you get what you ask for. Or just be real reverent. Do you now believe? Every one of you? Now, friends, that's the way the meeting should be. Now, everybody right now should just accept their healing. Just believe on the Lord. That settles it, you see. Moses, he had a sign to do it. He'd done just exactly what God told him. The elders looked at it. They followed him. done just exactly what he said. Blessed be the Lord. Oh, I'm so thankful for Him. All right, is this, this, you're the lady, the patient. All right, sister, look this away now and believe with all your heart. Now, if anything I could do to heal you, or if you're wanting uh, anything from the Lord, you're wanting it from him, not from me, you see, because there's anything I could do as a man, I'd do it if I could. 
It's anything to help you. But I'm so limited on things. There, uh, I might be able to scrape up a little bit of money or something like that, but that's about all I could do. If you wanted to go somewhere, I might be able to hire a cab to take you or something. But now, if it's for anything beyond my reach, the only thing I can do is pray for you, if God has to give it to you. But uh, he is sure, and to my teaching of the Bible, that he's already give you what you want, but you just have to have faith enough to receive it. So then to a divine gift, maybe telling you what you want, that lets you know that you're in his presence, and then you receive what you want. You believe that? If he will let me know exactly what you're here for, just the one thing of what you're here for, would you accept it right then and say, I believe it because you know it with, you believe it with every bit of your heart? Lady, you're in terrible agony. You're suffering. And I see you at a doctor, and the doctor shakes his head. You give up a doctor for something. It's cancer. I see it wrote on your, your slip. Cancer. And he can't do no more about it. And then you're, you're, you're worried about a, a child. And that child, I see a light, looked like some time ago. The child had leukemia and was healed. That's right. And, and it's got, it's anemia now, and you want prayer for it. Come here. Almighty God, in whom we love and trust, give blessings to this woman for the glory of God. In the name of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, I ask that, amen. I'll look here just a moment, sister. You believe now you get what you ask for? Man. A nurse in the hospital? County hospital? That's right. And you was the nurse? Well, God bless you. What did you have? TB of the throat. And God healed you? That's right. How long ago has it been, lady? My first meeting here. Oh! Yes, two weeks and a half, and Brother Outlaw brought me down there. Right. That's I remember down there. Pray for a God bless you. That's right. And here you are now. Ever what was wrong, I don't know now, but you'll get well just the same. That's your faith. Here's another thing you might know while you're standing there. Your husband needs healing too, doesn't he? He has a tumor on the brain. I mean, God bless you. Amen. God bless you. Now go back here. Let us say praise the Lord. You believe? How can you keep from believing? Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. Unfailing mercies never fade. A beer ever, everywhere. How do you do? For the child. Now look this away just a moment and believe with all your heart. Believe that God's going to heal or whatever it is to be done. You believe with all your heart? Or we're strangers to each other. I do not know you. God bless you, Mother. You've just had a trip somewhere. You've come from a place, or oh, you've been many places. Oh, it's this child standing here.
the child has something wrong in his throat, and the, the doctor has has tried. You was in Dallas, Texas, with that child. I see you leaving a city called Dallas, and the doctor wants to operate on the child, and you're afraid for the operation because you just lost a boy, and the operation killed the boy, and the boy was operated on the brain. A brain operation for tumor and kill the boy, and you're afraid to, for the child. Just a minute. Come here, just a minute. Heavenly Father, blessed be the name of the Lord Jesus. I bless them in Jesus' name that all that they ask for this night may be granted unto them. Healing of the body, ever what they have need of, I lay my unworthy hands in the name of Jesus Christ as his servant, which ordained us that we should go into all the world, lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. I do this in Jesus Christ's name as a believer. Amen. Don't fear, sisters. Oh, God, go with you. This is the man. How do you do, sir? We are strangers to each other, I suppose. Was that child just at the prayer line? Right there. Oh, I see you. All right. I see a light hanging over the child. No doubt what was the matter with it, God's going to let it get well. It still hangs there that, for the child. Uh, we are strangers to one another, brother. I do not know you. I guess I've never seen you in my life. But God knows both of us. You believe me, always oh, his servant, don't you, brother? I do. Uh, with all your heart, then I can help you. To find faith in the Lord Jesus. One thing between you and I, I see as the vision is breaking, is a blood moving. It's a blood condition that you have. It's a diabetes. And you, you've just been in a hospital and been operated on around last year. And they said the limbs, the legs moved up they were operating. It's a prostrate condition. And it was unsuccessfully. It's still bothering you. Those things are true. But Jesus Christ is here to make you whole. Do you believe it, brother? Come here. Father God, in the name of Jesus Christ, I pray for my brother that you'll make him whole. And may he go from here tonight and be a well man as I hold him to my body as a point of contact that the Holy Spirit is here now who can tell him, reveal. Let the angel of the Lord touch him just now by the merits of Jesus Christ to his name. Amen. God bless you, my brother. Go be happy. Something happened to you, you know it is, so you... Amen. Don't doubt. Have faith now.
How do you do, lady? Just the next lady. We're strangers to one another, I suppose. You've seen me before. But I mean, I don't know you as far as knowing. You believe the Lord Jesus with all your heart? You believe me to be a servant? Lady standing on the steps with the dark glasses on, colored lady. You believe me to be a servant? You want to accept your healing where you're standing, your faith? Something begin to move on you just as I was talking to the lady. If that's right, wave your hand. It's the Holy Spirit, the angels hanging over you. You're suffering, you're blind in one eye, and you also have a tumor that's trying to take your life. Return to your seat and receive your healing. You believe with all your heart? You have a nervous trouble, and you have a bowel trouble. You got a husband that's an internal revenue man. That's right. And he's somewhere in this building. He's got an usher. He's an usher in this building. Name is Della. And you live at at seven twenty eight East Montebello, something like that. I sit on a on a side of, isn't that right? Return, you get what you ask for. Your faith makes you more. What if I tell you you were healed while you were sitting there? Would you believe it, sister? With all your heart, come here. Kind Heavenly Father, move with compassion. Grant to this woman now that it will never be that way again. Through Jesus' name, amen. Have faith, believe. That's the man right there. Jew, yes, sir. You have a prostate condition. God bless you. You was praying, wasn't you, sir? That's the reason that you get healed. Say, brother, you were so kind to do that. That man that just accepted the Lord Jesus a while ago, sitting right next to you there, he has a stomach trouble, that Mexican brother. He wants to be healed. Would you lay your hands over him? That's right, sir. The little lady sitting next to you has stomach trouble, too. That's right. That's right, lady. God bless you. You're both healed. God bless you. You can go home and be made well. There's an Indian woman sitting next to her. You understand English, Indian lady? 
You have a trouble in your side, don't you? You're healed. Jesus Christ makes you well. Hallelujah. Believe with all your heart. Epilepsy. Let's do it. Here that spirit moves over here. This little child sitting over here has epilepsy too, sitting right back there. Have faith in God. Believe with all your heart. Hallelujah. Believe now, don't disbelieve. Lady peeping over a man's shoulders, they're red-headed. Yes, your praying sister, you thought, if I could get around and look at that man in the face, he'll call me. Isn't that what you prayed for? Is that what you said in your heart? Raise up your hand if that's the truth. Stand up on your feet now. You had asthma. That's right. You peeked around there and said in your heart, if that man will look at me, I'll be healed. Is that right? That's right. Wave your hand. That's right. Now you get what you asked for. Hallelujah. You believe that stomach trouble left you, sir? Go eat your supper. Are you believing? You can be healed right now. Stand upon your feet, every one of you. Huh? Almighty God, in the name of your 